this would be. I need to get to bend. Get to try this out. <laughs> All right, I already hit the button. Oh, so are we just recording? Hey, there, Shop Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Doc <laughs> Show. Uh, we're just looking at burrito website. My name is Dave. Rupert with me is Chris Coyer. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good, good, good. Yeah, I somehow got it in my head that I was gonna try to try to eat every breakfast burrito in Bend, which is just a just a terrible no. idea. That's a good December idea. It's not a good January. Oh idea. yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's like, fair. You know, but it's gonna be good again in February. Um, yeah. <laughs> in uh, in high school, I was a part of an elite crew of people called the Burrito Hunters, and we would, we would go around all of Houston, Texas, and try to find the best burrito. So mm. it's unworthy goal because I'll tell you, it is a, it's really an art form. Mm-hmm. You'd think, you know, how, how different are burritos really, you know, it's a tortilla and you put some stuff in there, but no, I don't think so. I think people know that, you know, it's just, it's this wrapper, it's this torpedo of flavor mm-hmm. and you got to bring your A game to the inside to, to stand out and there's lots of possibilities there and there's just lots of details to get right. And, well, and we do yeah. in Austin, Texas, it's, uh, it's, uh, of course, breakfast tacos is kind of our thing, our twist on the, the, yeah, I'm sure you can find plenty of good burritos too. Right. But tacos is tacos bigger. Is sort of, yeah. the, it's more of the handheld way to do it. And, and it actually, the history goes back way long ago. So, uh, like in the early 1900s, there'd be, like like little outdoor kitchens That's where you neat. pick up a breakfast taco. But um, uh, anyway, the I'll never forget there the Amigas Tacos in in Austin. It's it's a dang near reason to move there. You couldn't find that here if you well in bag. Yeah, and we could argue the superior. I don't know. I like a good West Coast uh, breakfast burrito uh, just because it's like you're gonna eat this. You're like days set. You're like hey. Uh, but man, <laughs> there's so many in Austin. Everyone loves this place called Taco Deli really great uh, uh you know it's good it's good it has this really spicy salsa uh but man their potatoes are the wrong ones just 100 percent wrong just just they put like mashed potatoes in the taco and oh weird uh, it's wrong it's just it's an abomination it's a filler choice now that i've been because i've been documenting this closely now i'll find that if if it's really big you know, if it's a little lard, it's going to be potatoes that gets it there. Right, right. And it's a cheap ingredient, you know. So, but I don't always hate it because I kind of like potatoes myself, but you really got to cook them right, you know. Definitely some ones in town that put too much potatoes in it. And then they make like a, it's like they cut them up in tiny little squares and like pan fry them, which is good. They get crispy, but then they're like really dry too and they're crunchy and it, it feels like not the right move. My favorite one in town happens to be a little potato heavy, but it's it's almost like they, they, they oven roasted the potato like a big Idaho yeah, kind of potato okay. and used that and unskinned. So you bite right; it has about the same texture as an egg. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it chills with the eggs, good. And I think that's kind of the way to so go. My my thing is it has to be hash browns. You get like a hash brown, okay, a oh. crunchy, a crisp ASMR. But. Um, <laughs> I don't even think we have a hash brown. Oh, now I have to find that or, or convince someone to do it. Or and be rich. Yeah. Some. <laughs> yes, yeah. And there's the default chorizo down there, if you get one, chances uh, are. Is no, it... so the BPEC, the bacon, potato, egg, and cheese is sort of the classic. Um, yeah, that's the, here too. The that's Migas the um, is pretty, but if you go. In a burrito? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it's just, you know, it's it's kind of. 
or like you'd probably get like a chile quiles would be like kind of the west coast variant but um yeah but yeah. um you get a it's 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 a it's good but we have all kinds of you can get a brisket one blah 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 so oh my yeah. god Ah, so, uh, you lucky bastard! We're lucky here. We got it. We got a good. But uh, not to dwell on it too much. But I find myself trying to like write about him a little bit, you know, because I'm trying to, you know, take the picture. I even got a ruler. I wrote the burrito ruler on it. Take a picture next to the b- ruler for context. Mm-hmm. You know what kind of size you're looking at. So, but then I want to write down a little bit about it, you know. And I'd love to sound like a good writer, as I feel like I'm on whatever. Not the best tech writer in the world, but I can spit out some paragraphs about tech that are legible and. I don't know, like my tech writing ability is fine. And then I find myself writing about a burrito and it's nothing. Yeah. Just, I'm just like, mmm, mmm, good. <laughs> ha- has cheese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like cheese. <laughs> just nothing. My my fingers cannot I love this write about. Delicious baby boy. This baby boy <laughs> is very comfortable to snuggle. Oh, now that you're saying that, I'm doing it in uh, freaking VS Code as a markdown file, and it auto-completes my sentences as I'm writing, <laughs> and it, it it sounds like that. I'm like, I love this, and then in gray text after it, it's like, juicy burrito, it is good. <laughs> I'm like, I might as well just hit tab. Just hit tab because on the co-pilot. <laughs> like, co-pilot, uh, Jesus be my co-pilot or whatever, I don't know, but co-pilot, take the wheel. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel the same thing. I have that bookshelf on my website, and uh, just we were talking before the show. It's just like, good, thought-provoking, um, interesting. <laughs> I have, like, four adjectives that I just cycle through, and it's like, I, I writing a succinct, like, bit of text is really, really tough. Like, you know. Yeah, to, outside, of your, outside of your norm. Yeah, and so, I don't know. I've tried to, like inject little facts about it but then it's like not not like a simple review it's like a, a whole synopsis and i'm like well i don't want to be a synopsis mm. but an incredible read yeah uh the fastest book i've ever read <laughs> the anyway i just there's and then some of them don't have reviews because i'm just like oh, what am i gonna write honestly you know what am i actually gonna put yeah. here yeah so yeah gotta be write some defensive css what if no description does cards still work? If no disc- I actually did do that. But um Yeah, nice. Uh I should say, so speaking of things that, you know, upcoming to the next year, I'm going to tone down my burrito consumption is the plan. But also, let's talk about what's going to happen in tech. We're stealing this. I saw Wes tweeted the other day or maybe you grabbed it and tossed it in the Discord or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh that that syntax who's, you know, I, I think we can prove it now. How many how many more times popular? Are are like twice as popular according to the CSS tricks uh, or CSS or, state or of state. CSS tricks state of CSS report, which I'm really I'm disappointed. But well, I don't know. Maybe. They're at thirteen point one percent of people that answered the state of CSS survey listened to syntax, or seven point six. So not quite half as many, or about as half as possible, or syntax. I'm shaking my fist at you, right, Scott and Wes. Well, just somehow, somehow genius podcasters. But it just is, there's no excuse, um, and I, I just I don't know. Everyone needs to step it up here. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. We should uh, just do a show one ahead of them. If they say they're going to do a show about something, that we would just record boom. a show on that really Zip fast in, and put it out. Undercut them. <laughs> That's good. So that's what we're going to do this time. They're going to do on, on 2022, 
web dev predictions. Let's do ours. Let's try to let's. I bet we can do this in in twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes. <clears throat> Set the timer. Think. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. So so I, I I'll do a couple to start. Perhaps is that my my biggest theory is that you don't look at the stuff that's like about to ship. Like container queries is great. Everybody's going to clap for that. There's a lot of momentum there, but it's not in any browser right now. Mm-hmm. Chrome will almost definitely ship it first. We have no idea what if Safari or Firefox is going to follow. They probably will because it's so hot, but how and when? It's not going to be 2022. You're not going to be shipping container queries in 2022. 2022 will have lots of blog posts and we'll start getting excited. Oh, that's a 2023 mm-hmm. thing, almost guaranteed. Well, you got to look at is the stuff that has now shipped across everywhere because it was exciting last year. I think there, though, I, I will just to, I think there's a container query polyfill. Have you seen that? Like, uh, uh, there's two, okay. right? There's like a Jonathan Neal one, and then there's a Surma one from Google who's saying this is kind of better. 1.6 uh, KB, and I think that, like, since this... 1.6, I think since the, like, uh, brought lead, of course. But um, I think, like, because it has, the, the thing has uh, whatever normalized i think we're pretty close to seeing it so that's kind of a good point and it i believe the way it works is nothing special you just write what they're gonna be like in your just regular ass css and it try to do and it it does it that's 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 scary because that's what scott gel's little uh media query polyfill used to do um what was that one called uh mq MQ fill or or something but no, no. That one was that tough it. for a bit. <laughs> so <laughs> Scott did a great job, but it was mostly IE's problem. It was a little bit tough, but um, uh, I don't know. Maybe that will that that could be a prediction. I'm gonna say that people don't use them, and that, that it's cool to be able to play with the polyfill. But I don't think we'll see wild adoption okay. this year. Nor do I, and I hate to like I really want to be wrong about this, but I feel like Web Components still just has not captured people's hearts and minds, despite your best efforts. Uh, well, I, well, so. I'm going to be juicing that. I'm talking I'm talking at an event apart. <laughs> I'm doing a uh maybe do a front end masters workshop. I'm I got things in, in the pipeline for all web components. Yeah. But the I, web components is on my list and here's why uh React had like 2 weeks ago or something an experimental branch that supports web components and React has been one of the big ones that didn't yeah, you'd be like, why bother? Because there's so much weird hoop jumping you'd have to do. You just wouldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't fully understand, other than the fact like props and attributes are kind of the same thing in React, and then like, but they're different things kind of in a uh, web component and stuff. Also, the re-rendering, I think, Manders, you can't just rip them out of the DOM and put them in there as at, like as at ten thousand FPS or whatever, right? Yeah, you can't just like because it doesn't make sense to like reinstantiate it the whole time. Um, but it sounds like they are experimenting, which like opening that door, I think, is a big thing. And if it, if it does land, like in React twenty or whatever it might be, um, I think that's very interesting. Just for web components because one of the big adoption blockers is gone. So um could be big. It could be big. I don't but and I think to a lot of companies in what I'm hearing uh, especially on the enterprise level if you have like the Drupal site in the back end app in the front end, you know, like 
your your ability to share components is really really low because it's like well they wrote it in React and we're on Drupal and the, you know and so mm. um, it'll open up the shared components story. I think there will be a better shared component story and not to you know I I signed up for Asana you know Asana the we're using yeah. that to do some project management um, yeah and. You know, it's inter- I was surprised because you the front of house of Asana is all this big, beautiful, modern, and then you go to like the back of house, like the app, um, and it's very like appy, <laughs> and it feels like a generation behind the front end. You know, um, maybe it's a, mm. a generation ahead or something, but like the marketing seems so you know flashy and brilliant, and then you go like to the to the app, and it's just a smidge more basic or, or more formy driven, right? And so whatever, I'm not driving their product or anything like that. Um, it's serving our needs, but I would wh- what I find interesting is I just was like um, you know, I wonder if they're in a situation like that where the front of the house is on different tech than the back of the house, you know? And so the front of the house can move at a different speed or whatever. So Yeah. I'd like to see it. I mean, because I could see de- de- developers resigning themselves to the styling story inside of a web component if it meant shareability and stuff. Just be like, oh, whatever, screw it. I'll I'll can style in there. It does worry me when people need components that, for example, like have a GraphQL query in it too. That's just like, well, I just can I just stick with my frameworks componentry then because all that is really first class citizen-y and works great. So, but I get it. Well, so and, you're and, saying on the rise, I'm not going to yeah, I mean, terribly I think, disagree. You know, it's, you're probably like, somebody asks is like, where can I get started with a uh, web components? Um, cause I gave such a powerful talk. Um, and <laughs> everyone should book me for the conferences. <laughs> yeah, uh, they should. Uh, no one's booking me anymore. Um, but they, me neither. uh, but so, uh, and you know, I think it's the classic like header or footer. I'd probably honestly just start with the footer and just see how weird it gets, you know, because um, you oh, won't get you the flash of unstyled content or, you know, but um, I, I think like places like that, you might be able to like just experiment, you know, like these, the more static e components, yeah. but then you get into the more like, uh, I don't know, then there's like semi-static, like rendering a table or content or, you know, a block of content or uh, your inputs. Your I'd like to see design systems use them more and not worry about, yeah, like that it's just in charge of the styling variations only. Right, because there's like Chalker UI, right? It's Chalker for React, Chalker for Vue, Chalker for, you know. And so like, yeah. like wouldn't it be cool if Chalker themselves could just do one, you know? <laughs> like that they might be like, cool, we're going to do one and then have some adapters if we need to, you know? That might be a lot easier. I saw Agnostic UI the other day, and that's worth a Google quick uh, that is uh, intentionally for that. Like, can you write one CSS file that absolutely works across React, Vue, Angular, and Svelte? Yes, you can. Here's how it works. Pretty cool. But not a web component, but I think that's probably in there too somehow, or it's just implied or something. Uh, you know what? Just uh, you know what would push the needle. Mm-hmm. I think is if all of a sudden you started seeing it more third party. Like, what if you copy and pasted code from YouTube and it was YouTube dash embed or Twitter dash embed or or something, and you you'd see it. Well, but we don't do third party scripts, thanks, Jeremy. But no, um, 
<laughs> no, but wouldn't you know? It would like change your attitude a little bit. You'd be like, "Whoa, these big companies are doing it. Maybe we should look at it." Well, I was thinking about that. Like, if you wanted to do like CodePen, you could have like CodePen dash embed or something like that. And like, yep. and then if we don't want to do third party scripts, if those are dead, then I npm install CodePen and party or sorry, CodePen party, <laughs> CodePen party, CodePen embed. Right, that'll instantiate it. That yeah. then now I have a CodePen embed element in my repo. Like zero, like, and it just doesn't. Yeah. 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 I don't see any problem with that necessarily. It, it, it means that we'd have to trust customers to update their NPM if we wanted to change things. So you'd have to incentivize it somehow. Be like, if you want this new feature, then that. And whereas now we don't have to support anything old because if we ship a new version, we just it automatically that script is updated. Is the and, only thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the JavaScript doesn't change all that much. It might be possible to pull off, but it is certainly it is certainly tricky. I would move to a web component though, and uh, now without the npm thing, just to I don't know. I don't see a big reason not to. We could scope the styles a little better, mm. protect them a little because right now it's an iframe. Mm. So you could you could avoid one level of iframeness, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which might might speed them up a little bit. Could be kind of cool. But I think if, if people saw those dashed components out there in the wild more, that it would change their developer attitude towards them and you'd see it more. What I'm not seeing is like new frameworks embrace them, you mm-hmm. know, like your new framework drops. It's probably not using web components. And I feel like that's a, like kind of a bummer strike is that people aren't seeing them in new frameworks. All right. Well, maybe maybe we'll see a framework. We'll, we'll see if, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to release it. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Netlify. Here we are in 2022. Welcome to January 2022. A new year, a fresh start. We're going to be seeing lots of blog posts, making predictions about the new year. I bet a lot of those predictions are going to involve Jamstack in some way. And Netlify is the home for your Jamstack site. I like how Jamstack has come to mean static and more. It comes to mean split your services amongst people that do those services the best. Use the best search company there is. Store your data in the most flexible place you can store it. Build your front end however you want to build your front end. Statically generate as much as you can of your front end. That's what Jamstack has come to mean, and I love it. It's such a cool thing. And Netlify's support and growth in that world has just been unprecedented, really. They have changed the game for web developers worldwide, and we're so lucky to have them as a sponsor and grateful. Uh, uh, it's just going to be awesome. I have so many sites I can barely count anymore on Netlify. If we're going to spin up something new, I love the idea of you know picking a framework, exploring what's out there in terms of static site generators and JavaScript frameworks, and just knowing that Netlify is probably way ahead of me, and <laughs> it's going to work great on Netlify, and I've never been wrong about that. So again, thanks for the support, Netlify. What else do you got? Totally different one. Hey, okay. Let me go back to my list. Um, you know, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but I think Web3 will either <laughs> take off or catastrophically implode. So I don't know which one it'll do uh, yet, um, but I'm curious to see what happens. I don't know. There's a lot of people saying right right at the moment that it's a meaningless word, that it's, nobody really agrees with it. It's kind of an umbrella term. 
is crypto Web3 or is Web3 part of crypto? Are NFTs part of Web3 or is that a separate thing? Is is blockchain certainly is, but is that does it just mean a website that gets pulled from the blockchain or is there more to it than that? Yeah. It seems like a little hard, hard to define. And it seems like because there's some pretty healthy amount of poo-poo on Web3 and it's so new that the, that it will probably pivot in names once or twice a new name will come along to avoid the past scrutiny of it. Yeah. Well, and I think like the either, you know, I think it's I think it's something like with the currency will either either go big or die or like implode. Uh, like I think and that's probably on the government, like a little bit of regulation could tank that whole thing. Uh, but let's say that all the cryptocurrency is gets wiped out. Right. Like does the Web3 still exist? Like do you still want distributed apps do you still want distributed like user authentication and stuff like that so um i don't know um if you maybe i would think something like nfts will survive that if you bought an nft with money who cares it's just a it's still on the blockchain it doesn't require that you buy an nft with with cryptocurrency it just or maybe it does but i i, I don't know i don't think so i think you could still make an entry i mean you're paying somebody yeah. Yeah, you give somebody money and then the you get an entry on that block blockchain thing. It just seems like that the more I look at what's happening in that market, it's just popping and I don't see any reason why it would slow down cuz I think it's exciting for people and they're just riding that excitement. I think there's just a lot of, you know, the new crap gets just minted just constantly and they're just they're just slurped up by people, you know. Why would that they're having fun doing it. The artists are making money, you know. I know there's there's it's dangerous. There's all kinds of problems, but I just don't as far as predictions go, I don't see it slowing down. Yeah, well, and, you know, there's I think Neil Dash had a quote the other day. He's just like whether you like it or not, it's here like mm. You might just have to eat that. Um, like billions, <laughs> literally, of dollars are invested in it. So, like, what are you going to do? You know. But anyway, uh, there's a there's a blog uh, called mm-hmm. uh, Web Three Is Going Just Great dot com, <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely not an enormous grift that's pouring lighter fluid on our already smoldering planet by Molly White. Anyway, I identified <laughs> with this one quite a bit. It's in my feeds now, so. <laughs> Yeah. Web three is going I do appreciate great. The jokes. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, Dev, I'm on the opinion that there's 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 a lot to there's a lot of nuance here. We need to watch and listen more than than just than just shit on it or just be like this is all I'm gonna do for now forever. Uh, it's just a there's there's things to be learned. I think there's a layer value. I think we could find it, but I, just, I it's so clouded for me. I, I just. To where I don't even want to be a part of it. You know, it's like, like, hey, you can invest in this company, dude, and be a member of the DAO. Okay, yeah, I'd like to be in the DAO. Also in the DAO, who has the most, is this, like, kid who just, like, only does acid all the time. And, like, <laughs> anyway, this kid is your boss now in the DAO, you know, like, because he has more DAO points, DAO tokens. You know, it's like, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. So can I cash out? No. There was a good West Boss tweet too, where he said, like, it's if if it becomes big, you're not gonna be left behind. Like if all if you don't know anything about it right now, believe me, you're not you're still not you're still gonna be ahead of the curve, really, when it starts getting big. If it really becomes a thing, it's gonna be accessible to all. Mm. You're not behind. Don't even worry about yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I really appreciated that take. It's like, dude, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. That said, though, it's tied to money. And so if everything costs a billion dollars, I'm priced out. So because I didn't buy enough uh, Shiba coin early enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's a very good point, too, that you can't even play unless you got tossing around extra money. free money to invest in invisible fake money. Right. That's that can be very. Yeah. That's the chances of it being an investment is is really low. It's a lot of it's just going to disappear to something like a gas fee. That's just gone. You know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh. Oh, frick the nuances. But there's it's so popping. There's so much talk around it for it to just disappear. Not going to happen. I think it'll either get a hook or, like I said, get a regulation and catastrophically implode. So uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there will be new elements in HTML. I think we've all, we're already seeing hints of that in Chrome Canary. So that could be kind of exciting okay. for HTML. Uh, and then kind of stuff we've been talking about here. Like I think CSS Compat is going to be weird for a bit. And that's probably going to make Mike Taylor uh, <laughs> and Jen Simmons, their job, very valuable. Hire you. Uh, yeah. But it's just going to be a weird Wild West because I, th- I think a lot of properties are landing. You know, we have color properties, color adjust, lab colors, and all that stuff in Safari right now. But it's not in Chrome because Chrome has to like update these engines and stuff like that. And and we don't have subgrid in Chrome because Chrome has to upgrade grid NG or whatever. And so... Um, That's what I'm predicting isn't a big deal this year because it's so... it's The compat isn't there yet. I'm so excited about subgrid. I'm so excited about the color properties like from where you can convert one color syntax into another and all that. We've done videos on that stuff. That stuff is hot. But the compat isn't there, which means I don't think it'll be big in 2020, 2022, if that's... Just to caveat my predictions. Whereas I do think scroll snapping stuff's going to be big because it's the compat is there. Is and where selectors and CSS in sprinkling them out and using their abilities in the cascade. It's shipped everywhere. You're going to see more of it this year. The, you know, using custom properties is not particularly new, but it's been around long enough and we're starting to see usage of it. Just sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. I think it's going to be a big year for custom properties. I think people are going to just start, it's going to start entering the developer consciousness. So it's they're just going to be used all the time. And then what extends them is at property, which doesn't have the compat. But once that drops, I think it's technically part of Houdini. That's going to be big for them because it means, oh, this custom property, it's an angle and you can treat it like an angle and it's going to unlock custom properties even more, probably more of a 2023 thing just because the compat isn't there yet. But now, so now that we have custom properties and stuff, though, using them as part of systems gets bigger and bigger, like using them with the color functions, you know, once that stuff drops, it'll make them even bigger. You know, there's going to be a... Andy Bell article dropping soon on CSS Tricks as part of that end of year series about his strategy for fluid type. Fluid type was it got had like this moment of popularity and then I think it found something of an audience, but I feel like generally the technical debt for it has been a little high. And then it's like along came Clamp and it made it easier, but people kind of abused Clamp in weird ways and didn't do it right. I think his article is going to be seminal on this because it's going to be like, look at this system of sizing that I can build pretty quickly, uses custom properties to some degree, sets a kind of a, a curve of font sizes that you can just reach for real easily. Fluid type plus Clamp plus custom properties it's just going to be a big year for that, I think. No, I think that's awesome because I, I think, yeah, I think all that can be easier 
you know, I think that's why people, you know, I think that's why people like reach for all these, you know, CSS frameworks or whatever, just because they're like, they solved, they made it, they have all the properties I need, the margins and the, you know, types and type sizing and stuff like that. So I, I welcome that. I would love to see that. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Backlight. That's backlight.dev. Super impressive tool tailor-made for working on design systems. So imagine you're on a team that builds, ships, and maintains a design system. Super common these days in product work and agencies that deliver design systems. You know the drill. It's a great way to build digital products, to have a design system to build them from. So imagine the landscape, you know, like maybe it starts in Figma and you figure out how everything looks and what the different components are. Then eventually you pick some kind of framework, could be whatever, some kind of component-based framework to code out the whole thing. There's probably design tokens involved. You might use Storybook to get data attached to these components and have stories and all that. The code eventually goes to a GitHub repo and eventually kind of last step, you know, there's there's tags and Git and those tags become versions. The thing, whole thing goes up to NPM so that people digesting this design system can just pull it in from NPM and use it. That's a lot. There's a lot of work there. There's a lot of stuff to get right. Backlight literally helps with all of that. It's an in-browser. It's even a, you might even call it an IDE because it's it is an integrated development environment specifically around design systems. All your design tokens, all the t- tiny little atomic components to the bigger molecule components and all that. Every component is in there with, you know, where does the Figma come from? What's the source code for it? What are the stories behind it? Can I make changes to the thing? Can I preview the components? Can I push those back to GitHub? Can I work on a branch of the design system? Can I push it to NPM? It helps with all of it. Super impressive tool. You got to check out backlight.dev. Thanks for the support. Yeah. What about anything from like at the meta level, not just web platform, but from libraries and frameworks or companies? You know, uh, in the Discord, people made some good points. Like, like, well, of course, like Ben Holmes, who does Slinkity, is like very bullish on this. But like this idea that we've been talking about, where like frameworks or or static site generators are going to be kind of like bring whatever your React, your view, and we'll handle it. Uh, he thinks that's going to be kind of more the the standard, you know, where and probably built on ES Build and all that. So, um, kind of like getting getting away from like you had to be all in on a React framework just to build a, a blog or whatever. So, um, these kind of sort of meta frameworks or, or sort of language agnostic frameworks. So, yeah. could be kind of cool. So. I mean, there's certainly trending ha- happening there with with Ben's thing, Slinkity doing it and Astro doing it and Isles doing it and Remix saying maybe they're going to get into it too. That's a lot of big names saying, hey, may- maybe multiple frameworks work, you know? You know, React is obviously massively popular. I find it interesting. What was it? I think Josh said kind of like that he predicts maybe not in 2022, but by but it might start in 2022, and by 2023, we're starting to see more of a, a real movement of companies moving away from React, like on purpose. Like, oh, my God, we did too much in React. There's better stuff out there now. We need, we need to hire people to get us off of React. I think that's fair. I, I think, you know, maybe not next year, but in like five years, there's going to be a lot of work to like 
can you help us with our old React site or like, can you migrate us off this old yeah. React site? I think there's going to be a lot of work. Um, <laughs> We're hiring bootcamp kids and they don't know React anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, whoa. That could be a huge problem for people. Uh, uh, Netlify had their like state of Jamstack survey for 2021 mm-hmm. on Lori Voss's um, thing. And uh, he kind of made the point like, like he said Jamstack's the new jQuery. Which hashtag hot drama? But um, the I think that the idea there was it has it's it's the most widely used of all the Jamstack sort of technologies. It's sort of in position one. Um, companies are hiring mm-hmm. for it, stuff like that. So I mean, it, it's it was an interesting take. So I don't know if it's like going to uh, disappear right away, um, but that's something. To think about, so um, yeah, was tr- I think new framework wise as well. It's it's not it's true that it's slowed down. There's still lots of JavaScript frameworks, but there hasn't been a new one like at the scope of Vue, React, and Angular in a long time. You know, like that might be the end of that for a minute. And that sometimes sometimes there are riffs on it though. Like, have you seen Solid JS or whatever? Mm-hmm. It looks it's just it looks basically like React. It's like you know, like you know, kind of Preact exists, and Preact had a pretty good community too, but maybe didn't fully get huge, you know. And Solid JS looks like it's like an even smaller Preact almost, but is basically the same thing. I mean, I, that, I'm probably not speaking about it majorly intelligently, but I think it's it twice the like size, six point four kilobytes. <laughs> Oh, but it's bigger, but does more. Or something? Uh, maybe oh, gosh. better compat or something. But same, same vibe for sure. Um, yeah, maybe uh-huh. the JSXE frameworks start. There starts to be more of that action. That that it's not like just JSX doesn't necessarily mean React. It's just a syntax. It already is that. It's a separate project. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, and there's so much too. If you can, like, like a. You know, lit element. Lit. Uh, I like lit element, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I have some hot drama on that, but anyway. So, um, like lit element is has this. Basically, it's like a React component. It looks and feels like a React component, and you type HTML like a template literal with that tag in the front. So HTML tilde, like uh, what is the tilde one? The the back tick. So to do your template literal, mm-hmm. like. I wish stuff would get onto that because that's actually a lot better, more performant for the browser because it creates like a actual template fragment or whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. like have to like invent a JSS language and stuff like that. So, or a what a DSL oh, like, specific language. So, so you wouldn't have to process it. It could just be used. Yeah, kind of cool. So anyway, I just yeah, maybe we'll get away from JSX because JSX requires. It's just not. It's not the flavor. It's not. It's not JavaScript. It's not. So mm. I, I, you might. I don't know. I I wonder if there could be some optimizations there. Obviously, you know, old which McCall it is is on it for a long time. React is, but you know, I wonder if the yeah. but you know, like something like view petite view proves that even in HTML, there's enough syntax there with with HTML elements that it's like ergonomic to work with. I think JSX was like, ugh, HTML's not ergonomic enough. So I wanna like you know, have this hybrid of JavaScript and HTML when it's like, no, maybe that Maybe that was wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I actually kind of like working in JSX almost because of the strict rules. The fact that Prettier works on it 
is kind of a big deal to me. Yeah. But I think that 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 nut has been cracked and you can get prettier working on HTML too. Well, yeah, you just not do it for a bit, but even like hyphen elements with like choke and the syntax highlighter and stuff, but I think yeah. it's better now. So, um, mm. eh. Quick looks interesting too, although it's way too early days for it. But it's 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 change. You know, it used to be like, why would you ever use the DOM itself? The DOM is slow and bad. So I'm going to make another DOM that's not slow and bad. And Quick is like, we're going to store everything in the DOM. In the DOM, okay. State All right. everything. You know, and it's like, wow, weird. But okay, apparently it's now faster again. Yeah, I think missed that. missed the boat. Well, on I that. think the marketing about. DOM being slow, VDOM being fast was maybe not scientifically reviewed. A book of faces, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Depending on your situation, I don't know. But but the browsers have gotten better, so maybe that whole story changed. I was just talking to my my friend, uh, John, who owns Uplift Desk. Uh, He was saying, uh, he has like the Ura ring, and he was like, you know, I... Apparently the f- oh, Miranda's just arrived yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah, like anyway. he's like, I love it because it like sleep tracks for me and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's uh, maybe something I should get into, you know? Because I have the Apple Watch, but it doesn't. It's not comfortable to sleep in, and it would never make it battery wise, you know. Uh, but then, and he was like, but you know, I've been reading like apparently the Fitbit is better at sleep tracking than the Ring. Just the technology there mm. has gotten better. It used to be the finger could work, but now you can get a better track on the wrist. But like, I just was like, oh my gosh, like, how do you keep up with that one? But then two, like, just it's funny how technology kind of leapfrogs each other, you know? And, and so you mm-hmm. have to, you have to know. So, you know, we talked about compat a little bit. It, do, it does seem like, okay, so container queries, cascade layers, style scoping, nested CSS. There's so much stuff happening to CSS that it's all going to drop at uneven times and compat's going to get weird, mm-hmm. right? We kind of know that. But also, like, those, none of those things are really particularly relevant to, um, to utility classes, you know? So it's like if you... If it, they solve problems that that were that was the reason why you reached for utility classes to begin with, maybe that's being used less, or you really like the syntax of container queries, and there's just not a sensical way to express that in utility classes. That maybe that maybe they just get less popular because you just you need them less, and you can't use them as well. I don't know if that's going to happen. I just it just seems like it it's it's possible that they take a bit of a downturn because of the changes to CSS. And I always like the things that are just like ultimately they're still tooling, but you can still just use regular CSS too. Let's uh, feels eject or right. Well, yeah, we saw. Uh, Adam Argyle's uh, uh, open props. Open props. Yeah, I should have mentioned that when I was talking about custom properties. Talk about custom properties exploding. You know what's funny is, you know, it came out. I I liked it. I, I like got an early look at it, and it looks very cool. You know, but and then I just was like, but I was like, I don't know if I'll ever use this. I can write my own custom properties. I'm a smart genius, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, so it's cool, but I'm not going to yeah. use it. But guess what, man? Mm-hmm. He has this one. It's it's Z index, right? And it's like layer one, layer two, layer three, layer four, layer five. And it just basically runs in like Z index. You say layer one and then layer important is la- 2,000 or 2,147,000. Anyway, like I just was like, oh, that's really clever. Cause like you should really only have five layers in your application and you just pick one of the five. Like 
Like, mm. like the way I've been doing like uh, Z index where it's like 100, 101, 2000, you know, that sucks. Like layer one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Why don't I do that? That's so anyway. So I'm just like, there's stuff in here that I could like use like literally today and probably should. And so I might just start rather than inventing my own language, I might just start using his stuff to it does seem a little layer onable because it's because of how little it is. That's like, who cares if you drop a bunch of these Preston properties that you don't use on here. And he does include tooling. If you want to kind of tree shake them out you can do that. Anyway. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And when that's it too, is like, I mean, I don't know if I want his fonts exactly or whatever, but you know, uh, like font weight one, 100 font weight two. Yeah. Like doesn't it seem like the next thing will be that you, oh, look, it does say it's customizable. Map the props from JS or like, yeah, there's got to be some way to change what the font stacks are. That would be weird if there wasn't. Yeah, but he has some fluid fonts. That, yeah, I would be curious, like, yeah. getting into it. Like, how do you, how do I generate my own, like, specific ones, you know? Because I, I don't know. I don't need all the colors. I, but, like, there's stuff in here now that I'm like, this would actually just having this would be a lot easier. Like ratios, you know, just having those. And I just could say ratio widescreen. <laughs> Done. What I kind of want is like a Figma plugin so that I can't do anything in Figma that's not represented as a prop here. See, it's kind of go. like Figma for open props or something. That Figma's on my list a little bit too because of how huge it is, but also like how much how much tooling you see based around it mm-hmm. and that it, in Figma, it's in the browser already, so it knows what the border of a thing is. It knows how to set up what a background color is and gradients and all that. Like you can, you can even see the CSS. You know, you get to click onto the right tab in Figma, and it's just like here's the CSS for that thing. See, <laughs> so it's yeah. like that's cool. You, you know, and you design that well enough. You know, you're seeing tools like AWS Amplify just yank it in, just be like, okay, I'm just going to, that's a component. I'll just pull all the CSS for it into a CSS file through APIs because Figma's got fancy APIs to access it all. And it makes a CSS file and it's kind of like nobody had to write any CSS. It's a little too dreamy. And then it's like, well, what about the container query or the media queries or how do you map it to your custom properties? Like to, to imagine that nobody will ever touch the CSS for this site because it's automatically pulled from Figma seems a little too unrealistic. But the fact that you get a really clean base right out of Figma and changes get sucked over from Figma and stuff. It seems like that's a trend that's going to continue, mostly thanks to Figma's, you know, APIs and desire to be part of the design tooling chain. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, like we're pushing a lot of clients over to Figma. We're pretty bullish on it. It just, it does a lot. And then what I'm kind of experimenting with, and this is kind of in Luro land here, but like getting tokens out of it, like you just say, hey, give me all the design tokens in this this uh, Luro file. Like that would be kind of cool to see and visualize and stuff like that. And so, you know, I think it'd be cool too if these custom properties, this open props or whatever could also like, like, I don't know, you're just dealing with variables, right? You're like design system variables and like what you're, your presets, I think is what they're called in, in uh, yeah. Figma, like those things and your variables on your website are kind of the same thing. That would be kind of cool. So, mm-hmm. eh. Yeah, the tooling around around componentry and design systems and stuff is getting great. I mean, we um, 
I think Backlight sponsored this show. I think I don't know if it's on this show or not, but I was really impressed looking at their tooling. It's like kind of much cooler than you think it's going to be. I first like looked at it at first. I was like, wow, that's weird. It's like a whole IDE. Do I really want that? And then you demo it and you're like, yeah, I think I do want that. That's awesome. It's re- really pretty cool. And then at some point, you're, you know, you get your design system right and like click a button and it syncs to your repo and makes an NPM tag and pushes it to NPM of your system. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Whoa. That's amazing. Knapsack looks cool. It's kind of in that in that vibe of of, you know, helping you with your componentry and Figma and whatever and and then I mentioned Amplify too. It just seems like there's enough enough names knocking at the door of this that it's a trend, that it's a 2022 thing, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, anyway, that's kind of cool. I, you know, there's some pie in the sky stuff that'll never happen. You know, <laughs> there, but you know, you, you are, we're always surprised, right? So if we're going to just kind of guess, I'd say it'd be kind of cool to see CSS do the final frontier animating to auto. Can it happen? Oh my Can gosh, it happen? That would be mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that on the menu for the, maybe this year? Uh, I feel like I've heard tiny whispers from the depths that it's a. Uh, that it's not impossible. Man, I you could know, use that the, today. I had like an alert component and these like shrink up or whatever, you know, like, or it'd be cool if it yeah. like opened and closed all nice, you know, but oh man, that would be beautiful. They're starting to get more support for dialogue, but nobody's actually fixed the accessibility problem. So as far as pie in the sky stuff, it seems like that dialogue would ship in more browsers and it w- they would do whatever it takes to satisfy the accessibility community with dialogue. That seems pie in the sky, but that would be kick-ass. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's coming or it's uh, being worked on in Safari, which is kind of the major holdout. I think there's a behind uh, a flag in Firefox maybe too, but anyway... Um, so that would be kind of cool if, if it came out. I mean, it would help me immediately. Like, <laughs> man, you you build a custom UI. You want like you don't want the the native confirm or whatever. You know, you just you want a dialogue. You just want to style that. Oh yeah, you want a dialogue for sure. So you, what, I think there's a there's an adoption path for it. That's like you know the outermost div for you the modal you have now. Make that dialogue maintain the styling however you need to but just make that outer one dialogue and then and then replace whatever javascript you have apis you have for opening and closing it with the native ones and then you get a lot for free immediately you know mm-hmm. theoretically the focus trapping and the escape key and the uh, all the uh, so you get a bunch for free right that's like kind of a big deal mm-hmm. If, you know, managing your own little backdrop thing can go away. You know, there's probably a lot of code that you can, like, delete from your code base when you do click that. Click backdrop, hitting escape, those both deleted immediately. And then even, like, close on form submit, that's, like, a native feature. Like, well, you might have you might have 500 lines of code for focus trapping. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's actually – or I don't know if that's, that's not in, in there. there but, but I think it's, like – being talked about. I think like, like it's like chicken egg. One one thing has to land first and then we can go through and fix it or add a focus trap attribute or whatever. We've been talking okay. about that in OpenUI. There's so many issues around it, you know? So, because what if an ad adds focus trap, you know, like, and ruins the website, you know? So there's a lot of like tough situations, but anyway. I don't know. It, I think it's a bright year for web and tech and stuff like that. So I, I'm kind of optimistic, I guess, So um, that we can kind of do cool stuff. So I Yeah, don't know. It's, certainly, it's certainly cruising. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, probably at the most breakneck speed I've ever seen the web move. I think I just, I too, I like me, myself, and I, I'm like gener- generally more excited than I was previously. Because I, I felt like for a good, whatever, three, four years, it was just like, you have to do this website this way because Google said so or because or React is cool. And that was kind of like crushing me. <laughs> like, it's just not as fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like we kind of have better tools, better CSS, better HTML, maybe, you know, like everything's getting a little bit better incrementally. So, yeah, better. right on. All right. Good year. Yeah. If, if we miss anything, let us know. Send us uh, your predictions over at, uh, hit us up on, at Shop Talk Show on Twitter uh, and follow us there for tens of tweets a month. Uh, Star Heart favor this up in your podcast. That's how people find out about the show. You know that. Uh, welcome to mm. 2022. Oh, my gosh. We're here. We are cruising to episode 500. If you want to hang out, join us over in the Discord, patreon.com slash Shop Talk Show. Chris, you have anything else you'd like to say? Shop Talk Show.com.